Welcome, everybody, to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. My name is Abraham Deweese, and with me once again are Matthew Page and Brian Solak. Welcome back, fellows. How are you guys doing? Outstanding. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good, people. We're worried about this 90-degree stuff coming this weekend, but uh, other than that, you know. 90 degrees? Sunday, they said, yep. Isn't that a boy band? That doesn't... No, that's 98 <laughs> degrees, not 90. Oh, 98 degrees is a boy band. Okay. 90 yeah. degrees. Oh, that's just miserable weather for Seattle. That's just terrible for for, for, yeah, for Seattle. It sucks. Right. 98 <laughs> degrees. Yeah, oh, neighbor, boy band. It's the last hurrah of weather. summer, I think, unfortunately. You know, we're here in August. That's probably the peak. Hey, Abraham, before we get into our topics, congratulations <laughs> to Orange Cassidy for his victory over uh, Chris Jericho last night. <clears throat> is that a congratulations in that in so much that our ledger is even at this point? Because le- if you will yeah. remember, Chris Jericho has defeated Orange Cassidy on multiple multiple occasions. And uh, I think the bets, the way they've turned out, um, for bottle caps, of course, we're not betting actual money. <laughs> if the yeah. IRS is out there, I know we've had our problems. This is not <laughs> money. That's about true, caps. yeah. Um, so yeah it sounds like our bottle cap ledger is balanced out that's fine that's fair let's get into some other sports other than the sport of kings of course being pro wrestling but let's talk about professional football matthew page Uh uh-oh i saw a message from you (laughs) that griffin got signed by the dallas Cowboys. Yes, and you do. asked, is Clowney next? Is Clay Matthews next? Who do we get? It's a good question. I, I did oh, ask that question, yes. Well, uh, I'm turning it around in a mess. Oh, oh, you're asking me <laughs> now. I All assume right. that was rhetorical. Oh, oh, oh. okay. Uh, no, I just want to say, uh, Griffin, only one year, $6 million. You can't oh. tell me we couldn't have afforded that. I think the last cap number mm-hmm. I saw... Available for the Seahawks was like $14 million right now we have available. Oh, yeah. yeah so, yeah, we right could have there. easily afforded Griffin and then gone and got something else. I mean, you know, it's it, it's still shopping season, and there's still uh, some, some, some items on the shelves, if you know what I mean. I mean, yeah, um, that like like Mr. Matthews or Mr. Clowney. Uh, I don't think we're going to get on Clowney. I think Clowney is, is just going to price himself out, and I think he's willing to wait. I kind of feel like that would have happened by now. Yeah, and and uh, Matthews, I I actually I think I, I like uh, as a backup option. He's not a, he's not an every play player anymore. You use him selectively, but if we use him, if we if we sign him at an appropriately cheaper cost, and we play him as a part time guy, rotate him in with Bruce Irvin and so forth, and the right packages, I think he'd be very useful for us. So Matthew Page, I mocked you, I. Uh, bullied you, made fun of you, told you to your face via text message, because we are social distancing, um, that you're wrong, you've always been wrong, and you always shall be wrong. But in this case, you actually weren't wrong. Clay Matthews is not a bad selection. I looked up the stats, and if you just want to look at it on paper, he's not that much different than Griffin was last year. No, and like I said, I mean, if you if if you pick your you pick your packages with him and you give him you spell him because he's you know like I said he doesn't have the gas to 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 play every down anymore. Um, I think if you use him 
selectively, which we we have you know the, the intelligence on defense to do that with Carroll. Um, I think he'd be he'd be a very useful tool. So, like your thoughts? I I I think we've given up, and I think we're not going to spend the money, and we're just going to go with what we have. And I I I don't have faith in the Seahawks made their big trade, and I just think they're going to go with these youngsters on the line and hope something happens there. I I'm, I'm sad to see Griffin gone, um, but I don't see us paying the big bucks to play Clowney, and I think Clay Matthews. I, I, it's too much a risk, in my opinion. I, he's still got some left in him, but I, I don't see us going after him. Well, is first it, of all, is it a risk though? Um, ahead, I, I think I think so. Anyways, go, Matt. Well, I was gonna say we made two big trades technically this off season. If you want to be, you know, technically correct <clears throat> about it, you're forgetting Mr. Uh, Mr. Jailbird. Oh. Oh, Dunbar. Dwan Dunbar. Yeah, by the way, folks out there, for those of you who are new to listening to our podcast here on Podbean and iTunes, just keep in mind that Matthew Page will always find some righteous indignation to rain (laughs) down upon you when you make the slightest mistake and go for it, Matthew Page. Go after Uh, Brian Select. Yeah. uh, (laughs) I'm just saying. Tell tell Brian how he's wrong. We had two trades. What if we make a third? I'm just throwing this out. This is absolutely, you know, there's no legal or no legal, no, no um, evidence to, to support this. This is just me spitballing. Um, what if we all of a sudden made a third trade? What if we sent even more first round picks or, or, or something else, the kitchen sink, and somehow pride uh the defensive lineman from Jacksonville, whose name I will probably Yannick, mispronounce. Yannick Ngikwe. That guy. Uh, I'm going to call him that guy. Uh, from from the Jaguars. And then we had three major acquisitions we had to our line. We have a Legion of Boom equivalent, or we'll, you know, we'll get to that later, uh, issue uh, or of secondary maybe we still add Matthews because he might only be like a one. If Griffin went one year, 6 million, Matthews is a part-time player at this point. He could be, you know, one year, five, one year, 4 million. And, and if we've got 14 million worth of cap, I have, I'm fine spending that on Matthews. So uh, Brian Solak in the condescending way that Matthew Page usually does offer. Um, what do you think of this, uh, this option that he's giving you? I, I 100% disagree because I think that's a, that's a pipe dream and we're not going to make any more moves and nothing more major. You, you mark my words right here. You, you, you mark your tape and I want you to replay this when the season starts. So you're saying there will be no more transactions? No, nothing major. Okay. No, I think I think Seattle's done. I really do. Because there was one today uh, uh, with a uh, an undrafted rookie. Yeah, sneaking in some prost- <laughs> prostitute off the streets. Wait a minute. It was his girlfriend. You don't know. She might have given up for free. You don't know. <laughs> okay. We don't. We don't know if there was money exchanged. Okay, right. so it might have been perfectly. How legal. dare you? Just Seahawk gear. She came in apparently, but yeah. Okay. Well, he. I'm sure he has plenty to share with her. Maybe she's <laughs> trying out for the team. <laughs> and she had a statistically just as likely chance to make the team as he did, well, from what I understand. Oh. Especially a defensive end. Yes. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, I, I do want to bring up one point, Mr. Solak. 
brought up to uh, young Matthew Page was that uh, you have a pipe dream. And I kind of was curious about this, Brian. Uh, does Matt ever put down the pipe long enough? So think about it. <laughs> and it, it was fascinating because I, I, I don't think there's another major move. I, I think I'm on your side here, Select. Um, I, would you would you consider but Matthews? But I'll take a minor move. But I'll, I'll take Matthews. Uh, and Matt, earlier today I told you, like, Matthews, what do you want some old dude with long hair in here? I'm an old guy with long hair. Why don't you hire me? <laughs> um, but no, I, I yeah, just kind of – Can you I run a – Can I run a what? Can you run like a 4840? Because he still can, and you probably never could. I can hit the X button on my controller on Xbox. <laughs> that makes me sprint. Um, but no, um, I looked at his stats over the last several years. They aren't that different than Everson Griffin. I was shocked. Yeah, and I'm, I'm saying, I mean, you know, we could probably get him on the cheap. And yeah. I think he'd be a valuable addition as a part-time player. You rotate him in on the right packages, the third downs, or, you know, the right... The right packages are to spell uh, Bruce Irvin. I mean, you know, he can just plug right in where Irvin is, you know, when you right need to, Irvin needs to play off, you know, whatever. You mix them up. Okay. Uh, okay so I, ahead, I, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I, Terrell Suggs is still out there. What about him, Matt? Would you take him over Clay Matthews or is he washed up? Uh, he would be able to play the line more, which would be useful because we don't have – half of our defensive line. So maybe I'd take him. I don't know how, how, how much he's going to cost. I don't think that uh, much. It's not so much a matter of how much he costs. I think, I, I think more of the, Do you want to waste a roster spot. He's almost, 40, he's almost 40. Like that's a big problem. Dude yeah, was playing say, back in the, how, he was at Arizona state. Yeah. He was a Sunday early two thousands. Right. Yeah, he's yeah. yeah he's been around a long while. Yeah, I just don't know if he's don't got think, the wheels. Yeah, I don't think physically he's got it left. I think he's pretty much a retirement. I mean, even at uh, at the, the the Cardinals last year, he was kind of all right. So so like I would say, yeah, if you want to spend like the league minimum on this guy, I'd probably take him. But like I don't remember him making an impact at Arizona. He is thirty eight. Thirty eight. Okay. He will be. He will be, be. be thirty eight. Yeah. In October. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pretty old for defensive lineman. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm looking at last year's stats and, yeah. I mean, he was there, but he's definitely lost a step. I I would say if you want to give him the league minimum, I'm down for it. But uh, I didn't see anything that made me jump up and down like, think, oh, my gosh, this guy is the next Chandler Jones. Because they already had a Chandler Jones. Give me, give me, you know. Give me another two years, and I and I and I say Clay Matthews is on that list as well. But um, but right now I think sure. he still has, is is got some left, some wheels left, some tread on the tires still. And you know for the right price, and I I think I think he could be a valuable addition. And I and, and he's not a big addition. He's not going to be a headline addition. He's not the you know go out and get that guy from Jacksonville, uh you know or Jamal. Yannick Ngakwe. Oh my God, how can you not learn? Yannick and Geekway. There we go. Okay. We should know by now. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. So yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. The thing is, is we have that. We still have that hole on, on the defensive line, and 
I like that we I like that we looked at our defense and said we got to get either better at coverage or better at the front, and we have youth at the front, and we I think we've they've got an idea of what they want to do on the front, but it's going to take time to develop. So they said, okay, let's go all in on the coverage, and that's what they did. So it, they picked one and they went the right they went one one way or the other. They needed to fix one or the other, and they, you know. They vastly improved the defense over last year. I kind of feel like I kind of feel like though, if you just throw a few more bodies at the defensive line, maybe something will stick. And I feel like the defensive line is the only thing, the only thing preventing us from making another Super Bowl run. Well, again, this is a team that was one yard away from winning the NFC West. This was a team that again won in the playoffs. This is a team that has one of the transcendent quarterbacks in the league just need a little something extra, I think. Yeah, on uh, offense, we're looking good. Number five offense in the NFL last year. Yeah. Yeah. As boring as, boring as they were, as predictable as they were. Well, add, they got, yeah. Yeah, and add, add, add what's his, um, who's the tight end now? I'm forgetting. I'm blanking uh, his name. Greg, Greg Olson. Olson. Greg Olson. Add Greg yep. Olson. So we have a real tight end to the mix. And and uh, instead of Will Disley, who did an admirable job filling in, but is not Greg Olson. For the four, um, for the four weeks that he played. Well, yeah. is, he's not Greg <laughs> Olson. It's that simple. Um, and uh, that's next level. And and then add in a DK Metcalf actually knowing some routes now. So he'll take a step forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that, I mean, you're, you're looking at a pretty solid team. Offensively, yeah, yeah, and I uh, like I like the addition of Carlos Hyde. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, with the injuries that um, injuries that Chris Carson gets, it's good to have a backup, isn't it? He's a good, Ab- he's a good, durable guy. Yeah, go ahead. So yeah, yeah, it was a great sign. I mean, look what he did behind that line at Houston last year. The guy still, if he can stay healthy, he's gonna he's gonna produce a lot, probably a lot better numbers than. Mr. Penny, Matthew's favorite player. Uh, yeah, no, Hyde isn't going to run for 2,000 yards and tear up the league and be Marshawn Lynch or anything like that. But he shows up every game, and he plays hard, and he's durable. He will show up every single game. And that's exactly. what we need more than anything well, right now. And that's what killed us, is we were pulling up fourth-string, fifth-string running backs at the end of the season last year. Uh, and this, oh, God. And for a running team, that is not a good idea. Yeah, they're handing the ball off, and you're like, who's that? <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> Some guy they oh, promoted. I don't yesterday. know. They, the problem is I knew who they were, and I was not happy about it. <laughs> Travis Homer, seventh-round pick, University of Miami. Uh, I don't know why people fall in love with these guys in training camp as much as they do, because once you see them in the majors, in the big league, you know, in the big show, I don't know. Travis Homer had nothing. Not saying he's a terrible guy. Not saying he's a terrible human being. And not saying he's a bad athlete. He's he's a great athlete. But I I, I watched two games with the guy. I know what he is. He looked like he didn't know where the holes were. Like he didn't know where the blocking scheme quite fully yet. And well, I don't know. I mean, maybe he didn't get it, enough reps with the with the with the starting team. I don't think that's it. I think it's just kind of one of those cases where Matt, you talk about this all the time where a quarterback or a running back comes out of a team that has three or four offensive linemen that go to the NFL. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
And so you're so you're Ron Dames out of Wisconsin, or your or you know half a dozen different um, you know running backs out of the SEC, or in this case uh, Homer out of Miami. Like okay, well you run really great behind a pro offensive line, you know against a directional state college. But what is it that you do, you know against the best? And I went back and I looked at Travis Homer's, you know uh, stats against Clemson, you know. Uh, against Florida State, you know, good teams. Real and defensive lines, yeah. Real defensive lines, they weren't that great. No. I, I'm, just cu- I'm just curious, did, did you, you know you do that annual Seahawk report before the season starts on our... The Rook reports. The Rook report on salesportsunion.com. Was Mr. Homer on that list last year for you? Um. Yeah, he was, yeah. And what, do you remember what grade you get? I mean... What, I graded him actually pretty decently as far as... Um, you know, as far as the, uh, um, you, you know, as far as how he looked in the preseason, but I, again, I get back to the whole thing. Like once I saw him against first string defensive lines in the NFL. Yep. I got what I need to see. Right on. I mean, this is that whole Rick Meyer conversation, right? Oh yeah. Um, Matt, you're a millennial. You don't know who that is, but, <laughs> um, but Brian, you remember back in 19... 19- Correct me if I'm wrong, 93? Yeah, 92 or 93, yes. That's when you were born, right, Matt? Yeah, uh, no. No, okay, all right. Um, but, uh, <laughs> You're but pretty no, close. I, re- I remember I thought this guy was going to be, you know, just the second coming of, you know, Joe Theismann or Joe Montana, you know, because he's a Notre Dame guy, right? Yeah. I bought into all the hype, and then what happens when he faces NFL talent, those doe eyes got big, didn't they? Oh, 100%. I, I think the best thing that ever happened to us is when we did, we traded him right to the Raiders, and I think we got a pretty good – Chicago. Oh, Chicago, that's right. But we got a good return on it. That was probably the best thing we ever did. If you would look back at yeah. it, I think it was a high, a high draft pick or something, but it was a pretty darn good trade. I'd like to say he's the reason why I hate Notre Dame, but he's not. Um, <laughs> going to Catholic high school is the reason why I hate Notre Dame. But anyway, uh, <laughs> speaking of college sports, I know Matt Page is just, he <laughs> is just a fuming because Matt Page has opinions on college football. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh Turn this over to you, Matt, because you found something out just the other day. Um, big. Uh, let me give some context. Actually, I, I need to give the folks listening some context. Right now, several of the leagues in NCAA, you know, Division One, FBS, have decided we're not going to play football. Pac-12. That's the Big Ten. There's reasons. Let's not go into those reasons. Let's just accept the fact they're not playing in fall. There are some Southern leagues that are deciding to play football. And Matt, you found actually there's going to be some huge legal uh, implications here. And I'll let you tell the folks at home yeah, what those no. are. Yeah, so there's a, uh, there's a great article on USA Today, Touchdown Wire, by uh, Mark Schofield. And I guess... Um, 
uh, he is he's a sports writer, but he's also a, a lawyer, and and so he has some 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 way to understand and 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 some way to talk on the other subject. But he, you know, under his own um, his own admission, he's not a great lawyer, but he uh, he he uh, he definitely has you know the ability to, to at least speak to it. Um, the reality is, um, these schools that want to host these games due to the you know they don't care about the pandemic that's going on right now in the world the that that's still inflicting you know it's still hitting the south and those regions very hard uh they, conferences they, would be the acc the, the acc SEC, the sec big 12 because texas uh you know football is, is more important than oxygen in texas <laughs> uh, it really is. I mean, you know, in small town Texas, the, you know, they have stadiums the size of some colleges that are just for high school football. I, you know, it's a big deal down there. Friday Night Lights, you know, the TV show and everything is, is is not exaggerating. That's really what it's like down there in terms of how obsessed they are. And uh, so they're they're motivated and they're looking at you know the the Pac-12 and the Big Ten and the Mountain West Conference and the Mid Atlantic content, con- is it Mid Atlantic or Mid America? Yeah, the MAC. Yeah, the MAC. That's not. They're um, not playing either. But what, and the Ivy saying? League. What, what's he? Uh, so they're so they're looking at them and they're saying, ah, screw you, we're going to keep playing no matter what. Well, the reality is, these schools could face some serious liability. Uh, if the if a player were to come down uh, and test positive, the you know, um, for example, the MLS and, and and NBA right now are playing and they're playing in bubbles. They're staying contained. They're they're uh, they're making sure they're testing everyone regularly. They're not letting people out of the bubble. They're not letting people into the bubble. They're they're staying contained. The problem is student athletes cannot cannot be contained they have to go to class they have to travel they have to you know they're, they're going to mix around a lot so there's there isn't really a way to do that bubble but they're going to regularly test the problem is is that you know potentially when someone passes or you know comes up with a positive test it may have been a week since they since they became contagious and who knows how far it spread spread throughout the team spread to the, the other teams that they played that week and so forth and if any, and it, and all it takes is one person to come down sick and get irreparably harmed for life, either die or from long-term lung damage, uh, heart cardio cardiovascular system damage. There there are various ills you can get from this from the virus. Um, long-term damage has been shown to occur in some cases, and all it will take will be one person having that happen. And if they can say that the college wasn't doing absolutely everything they could to contain it they could sue for millions and millions and millions of dollars because they're risking the lives of their student athletes and the 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 social media is saying hey just let the players sign liability waivers well this is where this article comes in i'm sorry i've taken so long to get the point uh he does he he makes a great point which is liability waivers are governed by each state so every for 50 states there's 50 different you know, perspectives on liability waivers. And these conferences spread across multiple states. So uh, some states basically view liability waivers as BS. They are, they, they are not worth the ink that they're, uh, the, uh, the paper they're written on. And some states actually take them seriously. Some, uh, there are also the argument that some of these players are minor, minors, so they can't, they can't be held to a legal contract anyway. They're 17 when they first start playing. They can't sign a contract and have be legally enforced. 
Um, <clears throat> so, uh, but the but the reality is, is the liability waivers that vary from state to state. You know, it, uh, say the rules in, in Alabama are are airtight for liability waivers, then the stu- the students at uh, or, uh, maybe the University of Alabama is good to go. But next door in in Mississippi, the the uh, the legal situation is different, and Ole Miss is you know, pretty much on their own. And, you know, there are going to be lawyers who reach out to players who get sick and they're going to want to cash in. So there, there is going to be that motivation and schools are going to be put in the position of risking incredible amounts of money and taking on a huge amounts of liability. And I don't think that the, you know, the, um, the governors of the, of the schools are going to allow this to happen once they really sit down and they analyze it. I think right now, no one wants to tell Texas they can't play football. And no one wants to tell Alabama they can't play football. They don't want to be the first person to say that. But they all kind of quietly know they're going to have to. Well, who's going to tell them? Well, that's the thing. Everyone's playing chicken right now. There's no central authority. NCAA. Well, that's the other thing. That's the other thing. NCAA has explicitly banned the use of the waivers. They're not allowing them. So even if the schools understood, but Mark Emmert is not in. He's not getting involved. the The president of the NCAA is not getting involved. He says all of these are conference decisions. So I get back to it's like who's telling? There's no one to tell them. There's no adult in the. The governors, the governors of each school, the uh, the regents on the board, you know, or whatever. The the guy, the people who actually own and run the school. Uh, not no, own, but you know, because they're state. No, no, I know you're talking but, about chancellors and the. Yeah, and the, they are going to yeah, have. Yeah. They're going to they're going to have legal experts sitting there going their their legal expert legal team going. You don't do this. You can't afford the risk. You cannot take why on liability. It, why wouldn't it happen by now? It ha- it can't happen right now because whoever does it first, the PR is going to be huge, and they might and they'll probably get fired for it. Is it though? Is what? I mean, the let's go back to the whole. Go back to the whole. You know, football is religion in some of these states, right? It is. Um, I mean, you take a look at like. Uh, sorry, Brian. So, like, I hate to bring this up. You take a look at a guy like uh, Mike Price, who became the co- head coach at Alabama, uh-huh. and then he mysteriously ends up in a you know hotel room with a prostitute. Um, yeah. Because the roofied, right? boosters didn't like him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of. That's the kind of thing that goes on in these states. I, that's I, what I'm I saying. Again, no like, one, no one no, wants to no be. There's no adult in the room. Yeah. Well, that there are adults in the room. The the board of regents, uh, you know, they are the chancellors. They are the the adults in the home, but they don't want Theoretically. it. They, they, they see and they know the kind of power these boosters have and the alumni associations have, and they don't want to be the guy to say no. Right, right now, there is a game of chicken happening. And no one wants to be the person who blinks first because the people who blink after that will probably be okay. But the first person to say, you know what, this is dumb. We can't do this. Uh, you know, is, is, is probably going to lose his job and worse. We run out of town. Brian, so like I took a pot shot at a former Wazoo coach. So it's only right (laughs) that I let you, let you have your, your thoughts here for a moment. Normally I would, you know, 
talk a little smack back at you, but thinking about it all over all these years, I don't blame Mike Price for doing what he did. So props to him. Um, I, I, the, the article that Matt just talked about, uh, he sent to me earlier, and I, I think he summed it up great. And but I, I don't see an issue. I've really honestly thought about it. I, I don't see an issue. The, if these kids want to play college po- football, then let them play college football. The university just needs, they just need to commit to get, you know, protecting these kids from this virus as, at all costs. And if these kids get the virus, they need to make sure that these kids, you know, they're paying their hospital bills. But that, that, I mean, that's my two cents. I mean, I mean, this is kind of off topic, but I mean, I, I was reading somewhere that I think Nick Saban said that he, SEC is going to play football. He says it's, it makes more sense to keep these kids in school because if they go home, they're going to get get in trouble and they'll have a bigger chance to get the virus. So why why the hell not just play football? So I, 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 there's so one last. Let me throw this, okay, let, hang on, Matt. Let me throw one thing at you. Um, so like if I could, yeah, let's take it off that topic for a moment. I want to loop it back just into the conversation of legal legal distress. So, because okay. I totally understand what you're saying, and I, I'm there's a very large part of me that is that says people are people. They're adults, uh, Matt. I know you mentioned a couple of 17 year olds, but honestly, that's not the majority. No, the majority is. are adults, and they can make their own decisions in life. But you know, I just kind of wonder after reading this article, what happens legally, and more importantly, does it happen? I don't think the three of us know whether this is going to happen or not, yeah. but it's there, it's looming. And I'm just kind of curious, you know, what, what about this threat? What, what are your instant, like, what, what's your instant reaction on the threat of it getting into some sort of bogged down legal issue? It, it shouldn't come to that point. There should be some rule instituted. And if these kids want to play, then, then let them play. And like I said uh, just a few minutes ago, if, if they get COVID, then the university needs to take care of it. I don't know if that, but by, by signing some waiver, whatever, bull crap, but th- there should be no legal issue involved. The kids, if you're going to get a legal issue involved because of COVID, then get a legal issue involved because he freaking broke his hip and screwed up his NFL career or. Right, or CT or something like that. Exa- yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, it, they just got to get the they, they got to get the proper wording to where the legal legal. I don't know what I'm. I can't. No, no, I get what you're saying. Basically, you know, there, there should be a way for this to work. Yes. Um, and the whole legality of this whole situation, um, it, it's kind of like you know, if like somebody borrows your ladder and they fall off your roof, and somehow you're liable. You know. Um, it doesn't matter whether you're right or you're wrong. It's still a, it still ends up a legal issue, right? Correct. Um, and so in this situation, the players want to play. Trevor Lawrence has said as much, uh, quarterback of Clemson. But if if somebody like if a if a um, like Matt said, like if a 17 year old who is like a fourth string tight end ends up playing, ends up getting COVID. And this thing turns into a giant debacle. I think Matt, your point is: was would this be all worth it? Am I am I presenting your situation correctly here? 
Like, yeah, I'm just I'm saying I'm saying gets COVID, they, would expose, they would expose the company to a lot of the con- the company the college to the college liability. The liability. Yeah. Um, right. And and there the thing is the thing is with what well, Brian mentioned injuries. Uh, that's that's a different situation. You break your leg or you tear your ACL playing on the field playing football. That's something that they can pay to send you to the hospital, get the surgery, uh, to put you through rehab and, and and physical therapy and get you back on your feet and you're fine. The problem is, COVID. We don't really know the long term effects. Somebody could could be sent to the could test positive, could go to the go to the hospital and die, or they could they could go to the hospital, spend you know two weeks in intensive care, come out of it, but have a long term health issue that they that will affect them their entire life. Is the college then going to pay for that? Because they're going to have to, because if they so don't, I need to, so I need to interrupt you there. That opens the breaking the leg. The breaking legs not a fair analogy. Something more like CTE might be a better. A better way to look at this is harder to document, though. That's the thing. It's not fully understood, first of all. Correct. Uh, But if you look at the, you know, just the, if you look at the evidence as far as uh, what's that called when it's just like not documented evidence, but like, you know, when you see like a recurring theme, you know what I'm talking about? Like when you see things happen over, it's not really correlation. It's just more like, it's it's less scientific than that. Anecdotal. Right? Anecdotal. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. Thanks. Um, you know, you look at Junior Seau killing himself yeah. in Oceanside, California, and there's no evidence that it was CTE, but he had the brain of a, you know, of a child when they did a CAT scan of his brain, when they did an autopsy of uh, Chris Benoit, professional wrestler, you know. Uh, he had he had the mental aptitude of, you know, somebody with a, a, a you know, somebody that's like a hundred years old, you know, that kind of thing. Like it, it just there's, I think that's a better way to look at it than to look at it from a broken leg because you can't fix that, at least not with the technology we have right now. Well, um, you can't. You also can't doc right now. You can't prove that you have it. They can only detect it on an autopsy, correct? At the moment, so you can't really make a case that I spent four years at Alabama and I, uh, you know, have CTE now. They can't diagnose I, you until you're dead. I understand. I'm, I'm just saying that's closer than a it's, it is closer. But the but the, I mean the reality is, I mean if if in, in the situation I propose where a guy you know comes down and, and he survives, but he has say extensive lung damage. And he's gonna spend the rest of his life with some severe lung problems and having to go in and out of the hospital throughout the rest of his life and fight off pneumonia and all that stuff. Is the college gonna pay for that? Because they're gonna have to, otherwise they're opening themselves up to lawsuits for that. And that's where the can of worms comes open. And that's why I really think colleges aren't going to ultimately play. The other the other can of worms here. The other thing that we're not we're not we haven't mentioned yet is remember these the NCAA prides itself and these 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 conferences pride themselves on their quote student athletes unquote oh, no, notice notice yeah. remember they're students <laughs> they are Nobody students first that, no 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 no, no 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 
they, 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 that they, they keep saying it, and it's part of their mission statement, and it's all over the place. These are students. They're providing them with an education to, set, to excel in life, and they're mm-hmm. students first and foremost, and that's why they can't pay them a living wage, because they're students, and they're getting an education for free. So if they're really, if they're really students first and foremost, then canceling the sports should not be a big deal. Hang on for hang on. Whoa! Because as long no, as they no, still no, have no, class. No, 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 no. I'm not letting you get away with this, Matthew Page. <laughs> First of all, a student does not make generally. A student does not make a college money. So when you state that but they, they should be just they, no, a student does not. A student does not. Student, a the, student pays tuition. They make the they make they make the school money. Well, these athletes don't pay tuition. They the athletes do not pay, and but they but they yeah. play, and their likenesses are sold for money. Their their jerseys yeah. are sold for money, and, and the company, the college makes money off. I will not with you. I, I will not mar- I will not argue with that because I agree with you. I'm just saying you can't. No one in their right mind. Uh-huh. I don't care what garbage you know. Mark Emmert's throwing at us. No one in their right mind thinks that athletes are your standard students. So, you know, if there's hypocrisy, it's that kind of hypocrisy where nobody really believes, you know, what what the authorities are saying. I I understand. I can't accept accept that anybody. No, not legally. Legally. That is, that is their, that's their stance from a legal standpoint. They're student athletes stands their, their academics come first. That is written in all their statements. That's written in the scholarship that they get, that they have the kids sign that that, that the school is that they're there to, they're there to be a student. So if they are from a legal standpoint, then therefore canceling the sport shouldn't be that big of a deal. See, that's the part right there where I disagree with you. You can't just say that canceling the sport is not a big deal because football makes money. It is a big deal. That's why I understand that. But uh, but I'm saying from a legal standpoint, they are pretending, and they have been for generations now, that they don't make any money off these kids, and they're just providing a service and a scholarship to these kids. No, and isn't it nice that they can go that. play the sport that they love? And they, they put on that charade. It's an absolute, complete, you no, know, they, paper they, thin. It's, it's, it's a paper thin, charade. you know, they're, concealment. They're severely, underpay- they're severely underpaying people. I agree with you there. But it's not a charade. They, oh, it's... There is a, there is a cost. There is a value to that scholarship. Now, that's in my opinion, not enough. And I know not that's a, not your opinion. But, but from a legal um, standpoint, there's a song and dance that they have to play, and they it's do still that. A contract, though. It's still a contract, and that's fine. That's okay. I understand it's not, that. It's not a big deal. That, that, but I'm saying, something public- that the athlete does, the student athlete, if you want to call it that, but that's something that the athlete has accepted as recompense for playing the sport. And it, it's, again, I agree with you. It's not a valid amount, but there's been no system offered that I've, that I've read about that can solve all the problems, you know, of the world. Well, no, you they're know, not. Solve all the problems, at least, you know, for student athletes. <laughs> of the world. Uh, no, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're, let's pace ourselves. We'll solve the world problems tomorrow. Um, no. Tonight we're working Brian on college. Solak told me, Brian Solak told me, if I just watch, watch eight simple steps 
you know, to right, right? To date your daughter? Really, to date Isn't your that, daughter, that's yeah. That's a TV like, show? If I watch that show, I'll solve all my problems. You will. You'll solve all your fucking freaking world problems. <laughs> are, you, are, you more of, are you more of a full house fan? Which, which um, what was what was the show that was like married with children, but the father had like a an imaginary friend? Happily ever after is yes. the name of that show. Yeah, it was and weird. Mister Mister Floppy. He had, he had like the bunny. Yeah. Yeah, and that was uh, Bobcat and, Goldthwait who did that. Yeah, oh and everyone God, watched the show for his daughter. I remember that. I Nikki that. Cox was her name. Yes. By the way, everybody out there listening to the show, I did not date much in 1996, so um, <laughs> <laughs> I watched the show. So you watched the show, man. Okay. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> no, I remember. I remember who I broke up with, and that was a good show to like <laughs> fall back on. Okay. <laughs> I may, anyway, be, I may be sharing too much. Um, hey, I'm gonna go back. Sharing, I want to hear. I want to hear so the soul man's uh, uh, input on this uh, this whole situation. Yeah, no, who's no. right? Who's right, Brian? Me or Matt? You Which are one? Abraham. Oh, Abraham. oh! I will remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, I have some blue flavored gummy sharks. I'm not offering. Oh them. my. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. No, but ser- seriously, uh, definitely do. You know, after Matt and I shouted at each other, I'd like to get your feedback, um, <laughs> Brian. I- I'm going to say it again. I there's got to. I know I'm not a lawyer, but there's got to be a way where they can sign a waiver. They can come back and play football, and if they get COVID, the university will take care of them no matter what. I mean, I, the university my, my, Wazoo needs this income coming in from football. I, as y'all know, Matt went to University of Oregon. They got Nike, so they don't give a crap. And we got they're gonna, they'll be they'll be set for life. There's I, I don't get it, but there's got to be a way to get a legal document to where if they they should be able to sign and the university will take care of them for life if they get COVID. I don't. I there should be no issue at all. I, Matt, I think I do agree with you on this. I do think it's going to get ugly. At some point, uh, like if there's one common ground, I can like, uh, you know, uh, I think it, it's chicken. not gonna. Right now, I really do. Somebody's gonna cave. Somebody's gonna cave, and it's gonna get ugly. Um, I don't think but... it'll be anyone in Texas first. I think. Oh, probably. Be... <laughs> I think probably... it'll be ACC, if honest. No, I, I say Pac-12 because no, they're a bunch that. of wusses. Pac-12 already folded. Oh, cool. It already folded. Yeah, I, I, Matt, but I disagree about the ACC because like. If you my there's no way Miami and Florida State are caving in. Like, well, I just I, I don't see the SEC the SEC with all their media deals and all their we're the best conference ever mentality. Um, I don't I see them see caving that. in either. So yeah. But and, and then Texas, where football is more important than oxygen. I yeah. uh, that's why I'm saying I think the Atlantic Coast Conference is probably the one that's going to cave first. Yeah. What about the? What's but is Texas in the no? Never mind. They're in the Big Twelve. I'll shut up. Yeah, they run. They they own the Big Twelve. Right on. Forgot about that. So (sighs) yeah, ugly. And speaking of getting ugly, let's talk about our Seattle Mariners. Yay! Who? You know, Uh, Seattle Mariners. It's a sad situation (laughs) where. You say, speaking of ugly, and then you say Seattle, and you hang for a second, and I wonder which team you're going to say. I was going to say City Council. 
Anyway. Um, <laughs> okay. But uh, no, no, let's talk about the Seattle Mariners because I apparently uh, am one of the few people left watching this team uh, because I know Matt and Brian watch all the other teams <laughs> before they watch the Mariners. Pretty much. Um, but I, <laughs> it's pretty true, but I, I have to admit. But I will ask you guys, because you guys are nerds, and you guys do look at box scores, and you do look at sabermetrics and other worthless things. Um, and uh, I would like to talk about our Mariners, speaking of worthless. Um, so, <laughs> as I watch every game, I, I, I threw some names down and want to get some other opinions on these. I mean, I'm taking a look at a Kyle Lewis, and Kyle Lewis is our best player right now, Seattle Mariners center fielder. Um, but the one thing I'm, I'm, I've noticed lately, um, he's got like a two-to-one strikeout-to-walk ratio. Is this an issue? Because I look back at his stats from, um, uh, what was it, Mercer College and back at the Ox Sox and um, the minor leagues. Like, this guy is kind of a – he's a big swinger. He's a free swinger. Does that become it's, an issue? No, it's not an issue. The guy is – the guy knows how to hit. He's proved it. What are we, 15, 20 games into the season? If you were to watch a game, I think it was last weekend, he, he took a pitch. A normal rookie like him would have tried to pull the ball down the line. He, he hit the ball to right field. He, I think he drove in a run. I mean, he took it up. The guy knows how to hit. He's going to strike out a few times. But the guy's the guy's a legitimate athlete. He's a legit, legitimate MLB player. He's I don't see I don't see him being a you know a future Hall of Famer, but the the guy knows how to play baseball. If he stays healthy, he's, he's always going to be a 275, 280 hitter with 25 home runs, 80, 90 RBIs. I mean, so let, he, he's still learning on, the league. Let's stay on that, Solak. So, what you're looking at is a guy who, by the way, I, I'm shocked you actually downgraded his numbers from what I thought you were going to say, um, but. Um, are you okay in this day and age and with Jerry DePoto's control the zone philosophy that he's just up there free swinging away? I mean, like 1980s, that's the era that I grew up in. That was the name of the game, right? Just swing for the fences. Um, but that's kind of not DePoto's style, but he seems okay with it. Yeah, you know, if I could swear, I'd say Jerry DePoto can, you know, shut the F up and wow. let's let some of these kids play their, their game that they grew up playing. I mean, Kyle, Kyle Lewis knows how to work the count. He's he's not up there free swinging on every first pitch like some of these idiots that we have in the lineup on an everyday basis. The guy, Page he knows should, how to play. <laughs> Matthew Page, should Jerry DePoto shut the Ford Fiesta up? I have not. I have not heard of him telling Lewis to to, to you know to, to quit his ways. Uh, whatever Carlos is doing, it's is obviously working for him. And uh, you know the numbers that uh, that that Soulman uh, quoted, um, I think, are very reasonable. And if you're getting that from your center fielder regularly and dependably, you, you have one of the best center fielders in the game. You don't break what isn't broken. I mean, you don't fix what's, what isn't broken. And Kyle Lewis is not on our worry list right now. Let me put it that way. There are a lot of other problems with this roster. Kyle Lewis is one of the bright spots. We're not going to worry about him. He's taking care of himself. 
Matt, are you offended that I called Evan White the next JT Snow? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not, because uh, I know you're going to eat those words. Uh, hmm. So Zolak, I heard a grunt and a sigh. <laughs> I'm I'm a hundred percent offended. I I don't think he's Evan White's even close to JT Snow. I think JT Snow is a better player. I, I'm oh. I, I think Evan White's got a glove, but I think it, it I think well you know I, our our minor league system is we don't have much depth. But if I if I was in control, I would either sit Evan White down, you know, sit him sit him down or send him down because the guy cannot hit right now. I, Maybe maybe we rushed him too quickly. I know he's 24, but they have a better they have a better player sitting in at Tacoma right now named Jaron Kellenick, and they refuse to bring him up because they're a bunch of, you know, well, Kellenick doesn't Kalenick play first. Play first I, I I don't care. I agree. I know, but he, <laughs> he, he plays center. Griffey came oh. up and played young. Kellenick should be well. Kellenick okay, not everyone play. is Griffey. I know, but uh, Kelnick's a proven deal, and I and, and they're they're making a huge mistake letting him rot down there right now. He's not Big, rotting; he's learning. Uh, oh, he can learn up on the learn up here on the major league squad. It's so then, why can't season. why can't Evan White do it? Well, let him do it. But one hundred, Matt. Matt, he's batting one hundred. Okay, one hundred and four. All right. Oh, sorry. All right. <laughs> that, that, that's he's one He's one for his last twenty right now, or whatever. The guy can play defense better than most first basemen and then oh, yeah. but the guy can't hit and th- there's something wrong right now and obviously we're not going to dr- we're just going to let him play so why not bring up Kelnick I, I, I'm going to keep saying that till the end of the season because this is ridiculous who gives a shit about 2026 and 2027 when we're this ball club needs to get better sooner than later 26 that's what I read online he said if they don't bring him up if they bring him up, he'll lose the season off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, not yeah. anymore. Not at this point. I think they might be past that point at this point. They're, they are They are well past that point at this point. Okay. Well, bring him up. Come on. This is. Yeah. Come um, on, DePoto. When it, when it, DePoto, back on Evan Ford White. Back on, <laughs> back on Evan White. Um, I think I do think he could he could take he could he he needs a break away he needs he, sit him down for a couple games let him collect himself and 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 work in the batting cage and and find that swing again. Uh, and, back but today? we don't send him <laughs> we can't send him down. I want to point out that we can't send him down because he's a mono major league contract. He'd have to accept the assignment. Um. So well, we, he, has, cut him. he has options though. Not once you're on a major league contract. I thought. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you get three options. Okay, well, I, I do think we rushed up, a little bit. It's still using up an option. I understand that. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I think I think at this point you bench him for like five games and you just you you put him have him put some extra work on the bullpen. You talk to him and have him take a break. Let him get it. Let him get a little confidence back and then and then start again. He just needs to make some adjustments and and get back to to what works for him. I I am still confident in his bat. I don't I don't I'm not too worried yet. Um, but yeah, his, obviously his glove is, is gold glove caliber, but, um, he needs to focus on that for a There you go. Um, and then for first base, I mean, you know, we, I'm sure we've got someone we can put at first. Who cares? Put, put Dylan Moore there. No, vocal back, vocal back is actually getting close to being cut and I'm okay with that. Can Dylan Moore play first? No. Like, that might be a good option. Um, yeah, can. he can. He played. He played first uh, yesterday. 
Maybe Tim Lopes. I don't know. Uh, Lopes Lopes is a is a is an outfielder. Well, he also plays some infield. He's kind of a utility yeah, he's guy. He's not really that great of an infielder. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, uh, so Dylan Moore is hitting, and he can play first. He played he played first uh, for what like half the game yesterday, most of the game yesterday. Uh, Solak. So uh, I was talking about Dylan Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's throw in Austin Nola. Tim Lopes. These guys are doing pretty well right now. Are these guys just mediocre players on a very bad team and thus they look okay? Um, or is there anything to any of these three guys that uh, we should look at, you know, for next year? Except for Austin Nola, who I'm starting to become a fan of, every one of those guys is a, a mediocre or a mediocre team, so they're not that good. They're just, they're just happen to they're just guys, yes. I mean, Nola, I think, is ridiculous that he's a playing catcher. The guy's more of a utility guy, in my opinion, but we don't have no real catchers on this roster except for Tom Murphy. I mean, it, it's a joke that we have these guys. Yeah, correct. But it's a joke that we have these inexperienced catchers catching, our, you know, these our pitching stuff right now. I'm surprised our starting pitchers are even doing so well. So that's because your no, boy Cal Rally is down in Tacoma right now catching well, the future starters. Yeah, that's true too. And building I a rapport I, with this with his future future rotation that he's going to catch. And I'm sure I'll be shut down, but that's another guy that I would want to bring up too, along with Kelnick. Why not give him the opportunity? Mm. I might agree Why with not? you on Kelnick, but I don't know about Cal Rally because I, just, I think I agree with Matt on this one, where maybe he should just like focus on George Kirby, you know. And uh, those guys, Logan Gilbert, build a relationship with them. You know. What were you gonna say, Solak? That's uh, uh, a good point. I mean, once you said that, I, I thought about Mike Zanino, how we rushed him way to the way too fast to the MLB club. So yeah, I mean, that's a very good point. Cal, Cal can sit the rest of the year for you. You make you both make a very good point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's Matthew, important for him to build that, build those relationships with those, learn those pitchers, because they're going to be up when he comes up too. So, um, yep. you know, and as long as those pitchers are still working on stuff and they're not up in the majors, might as well keep them down there catching them. So, Matthew, your 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 boy Dan uh, Vogelback from Orlando, Florida. My boy. Wait, when did he become you know, my boy? Oh, oh, when I when I when I messaged you. And I said, Mike Montgomery's going to the damn Cubs. And we're getting some jerk DH. And, and I was unhappy. Like, oh, I love jerk DHs. No, I actually <laughs> was unhappy. I liked Mike Montgomery. I uh, But uh, what did I message then? But I thought you were. I thought you were the the head of the Daniel Vogelbach uh, fan club. That that you were president. That's what Sola. So. Not. You were so back like, in the beginning days. Yes, you were. I thought you were a founding <laughs> member. Solak sometimes drinks some of that wild turkey. That's on uh, his uh, shelf. Okay. Actually, actually it's, it's, it's Jim Beam. Let, Jim Beam, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. Sorry. Okay. sorry. <laughs> I don't know my bourbon. Sorry. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but uh, who did I message? Was it my mother? I don't know. I hope I didn't send that to my mom. Um, dear mom. <laughs> I am. I am. Back sucks. <laughs> you know the the word around the word around there was uh there was an article by um was it uh, Lookout Landing or Div- Div- Ryan Divish, one of the local one of the local uh, um guys was saying um that Vogelbach is pretty much on his his last legs along with uh, Ooh, I'm so happy to hear that along with uh who was the other going on oh uh, Malik Smith 
Uh, oh, even better. They're both they're both on on life support at this point, and um, I I'm not opposed to cutting either one of them. I think that would be great. Uh, you cut you cut Smith, and you can bring up Jake Fraley, who shouldn't be down there. And you can you can cut uh, Vogelbach and bring up anyone you want because it's DH and anyone can DH. And this is the part where I am upset that we didn't keep Domingo Santana and we designated him for assignment or we didn't we not tendered <laughs> him. Sorry, we should have tendered didn't, him didn't and had him DH because he was still he was still under team control for like three more seasons. Didn't even trade him for anything. No, we we non tendered him, and he was still under control, and he can't field at all. So do you have him DH? All right, final question, guys. Uh, Brian, yes. Who is this guy Amp, uh, in our bullpen named Anthony Mouskowitz? Is he the guy from Fightful Goes West? <laughs> he could be. He's like uh, he's like our only bullpen guy not to suck. I, I, you're about half right. He he does really well on the road, but he. His ERA five point four. Yeah, and, and at home he is pretty inflated. But the guy can strike out pitchers. I think they said over a full season this year, he he strike out close to a hundred over like seventy five innings. But he he's more of a. If we still have the rule, he'd be more of a you know a one batter two batter guy. He's a good lefty out of the bullpen. But the, the longer he pitches, the chances are people more people get on base. So. Who would, I'm be sorry. A better, who would be a sorry. better reliever, guys? Uh, Feifel or Wiley Burp? Neither. <laughs> Wiley who? Have you guys not watched Feifel Goes West? That's why I said neither, but yeah. I, uh, I have. 30 years ago, sure. When it came out, when I was a little well, I'm kid. I'm not saying you need to watch it like every other week. Like This isn't a Mr. Bean episode. Like No, Feifel Goes West. Jimmy Stewart played Wiley Burp. Oh my God! Okay, this joke did not succeed at all. No, I don't. <laughs> um, I, I don't remember. I don't remember the the movie. I I, I understood the reference of Fivel, but I didn't remember the movie at all. Sorry. All right. Any final words, guys, on the Mariners? Uh, who are we gonna trade? Nobody. Because uh, August in this in this shortened year, August thirty first is the trade deadline. And uh, we do have a TGM who loves to trade. I'm just saying. I don't think there's any reason to. Oh, I agree. Unless you, unless somebody wants to give us a six pack for Vogelbach, you know. I, I want Nick. At this point. I want Nick Solak. Well, let's let's get Nick Solak. He's my cousin. Let's make it happen. I don't think it's available. <laughs> I don't think he's available. I'll make it available. You he, you you love Solak. He's too awesome. <laughs> Brian's gonna put in a word. Sometimes the Solak ends up on the Mariners, you know. That's right. I'm the toe father. Don't forget that. <laughs> Any call outs this week, uh, Solak? Um, I'm gonna say it again, like last week. Bellingham Bells. They could use you guys' support. They got some good stuff online. Go to BellinghamBells.com. We cover them every year during summer baseball. In fact, they just had one of their former players in 2015, 2016. I think his name is. Was... Spencer Howard, he came up and pitched for the Phillies the other day, so I think that's kind of cool. I just went, so go check out the Bellingham Bells, please. How about you, Matt? Uh, no, I, I don't have any 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 notable 
anything to call out other than uh, once again Aqua Sox. They're they're selling the uh, a T-shirt. You know, champions of twenty uh, undefeated champions twenty twenty. It's a great oh, shirt. Right I, I I bought one and I recommend everyone else do the same. Oh, and Austin Shenton's apparently tearing it up down in Tacoma. Uh, bring bring well, him then, up. Then let's keep, let's trade Seeger <laughs> and bring up him, bring up Austin Shenton. And Kellenick right, and every, yeah, bring them all up. Damn it! Thank, thank you guys for joining us this week on Seattle Sports Union's podcast. Apparently, we have all the answers. We solved all the world's problems. Oh yeah! Check us out on Facebook at SeattleSportsUnion.com. As well, check us out on Twitter at Seattle Sports Union and like us on Facebook. See you guys next week. Later. <laughs> <laughs>